I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And welcome to So Divine. This is our April edition, and each month with So Divine, we walk you through the astrological landscape for the month. We tell you what's going on with the stars and give you suggestions to just kind of deal and stay conscious and work with the energies. So Stephanie, we've got a big month. (laughs) Why don't you start us off and tell us a little bit about what's going on. So the beginning of April feels, I want to say like, not chaotic, but that there's these like contrary forces at play, right? Yes. We have a lot, we're in Aries season, so there's a lot of Aries, do now, do quickly, do it yesterday, like move forward, impatient kind of energy. We also have not only the sun in Aries, but Mercury retrograde. In Aries. Which has been so crazy, so, right? Yeah, tell me how your experience has well, been. I just, you know, it's, you're, it's just like you're saying where we have this Aries energy, which is go, 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 conquer the world. And then at Mercury retrograde, it's like, no, 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 <laughs> slow it all down, stay grounded, regroup. So it's this kind of like, am I coming? Am I going? And it also kind of plays out with this other stuff. Right, exactly right. The other influence is that we have, and we talked a little bit about this last month, we have Mars and Capricorn coming together with Saturn and Capricorn, and they exactly come together on April 2nd. Right. So we open up the month, and actually on the 1st, we have the Sun and Mercury together in Aries. So there's this big push of like, do now, quick, And the Mars-Saturn, which is go really slow, be really thoughtful. If you go too fast, if you act impulsively, you will feel the Saturn. You will feel the frustrations or the doors that don't open or the limitations, or you will be knocking your head against a wall. So it's almost like, which one do you do? But really, how do you do them both? Good question. Because Saturn is like the, you know, Saturn's like the tough taskmaster. Saturn's very much about play by the rules, don't color outside the lines. So this is something I'm really working on. How do we find kind of a balance between these two energies? Right, because I feel like, right, it's the honoring of both, right? So how, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot, too, in terms of what thinking about the long game like mm. what is your long game but what stages what steps what little things that are will take you to that do you need to create along the way right because the long game is very capricorn yes right it's that thoughtful plan it's the efficient use of energy it's being really thoughtful mm. about where i'm moving to yes. and how i'm moving there And that, again, is that Mars and that Saturn, but keeping an honoring of that Aries, wanting there to be beginnings, wanting there to be newness. So, again, it's like finding the... Um, the enthrallment is that a word or finding it enthralling I think I no it but that's so Aries you know I mean just being so passionate right and being passionate like keeping your passion alive along the way as you're also really focused on being productive pro- proficient in alliance with the long game with your long term sustainable goals 
That is so good. And that's actually, I think, where those energies can really work together. Because the Aries is what's going to like get you up and have you show up and have that passion. And Capricorn's just going to keep you very mindful about not burning out too quickly. Or Aries likes to start things and doesn't always like to follow through or finish. But we've got that Capricorn Saturn just keeping us in that rhythm and keeping us in that flow. I think that's a great way of working with those energies. Yeah, yeah. Thinking too, when you said that, right? Like if it was just the Mars and the Saturn and Capricorn would just be like, so slow. We're not really (laughs) wanting to take a risk. We're not wanting to do any movement. But Aries is like, get off of the couch. Like put this into effect. Right. You know, take an action. Have Courage. Courage. You know, fight for that which you, the sustainable you know, thing with good bones that you want mm. to build. Yes, yes, yes. But again, it's like, I think that's what's important, right, is that we're talking about is, you know, if if we f- honor one, we may, f- may feel a competing pull of the other, and it may seem sort of this craziness, fast versus slow, like spirited versus like really thoughtful and proficient. How do you marry them both, right? That's, right. Right. you honor them both? Right. And I think, you know, for me, uh, one of the things is just we're really working on staying grounded. And maybe that's kind of a little bit, as talking about grounded, is a little bit of a prelude to, you know, we go from the Aries fire and then, you know, Taurus is going to kind of come in here, right, mid-month. And that Taurus energy is so different than the Aries energy. You know, we go from that fire to that very grounded earth. And we have two, we have both Venus and we have Mars, what I'm calling the planetary lovers in these, <laughs> cracking Stephanie up, in earth signs, very sensual earth signs, right? So... When does that kind of shift all start? Well, and that's actually, so even before we go move, move into Taurus, right? The sun doesn't go into Taurus until the 19th, and we're still in this airy season. We have Mars in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. We have Venus in Taurus. Both of those planets are very happy in the happy yes. happening and happy in the signs that they're in. So there is almost this prelude to this well, it's both the prelude to the groundedness of Taurus season, but it is just being also having some sense of ground. Like, mm-hmm. how would you ground? Thinking about that, like, how do you ground the fire, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, you can sort of have fire in the air, but really can you, right? You build a fireplace. You know, you have this, like, Build structure. a fireplace. Right, I love structure. that. We need a fire pit. We need a fire outside. pit. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, which feels very, right, really, like the grounded fire. Right, yes. Um, so... That is really interesting to me. Um, I wanted to talk to you about just what you, we talked a little bit about this. You know, we have through the 15th when Mercury goes direct, but let's talk a little bit, right? Because here, even since the 22nd of March, we've had Mercury retrograde in Aries. What are your experiences been like? And how have you sort of, you know, what do you, what do you hear from people like, oh, no, Mercury's retrograde, but what sort of the lived experience of that is? It's so interesting because Mercury retrograde, you know, depending on the sign, has its own flavor, right? And I work with clients, and, you know, I have been hearing from a lot of clients, this is a tough retrograde. And I'm not sure, you know, what, what, what about it makes it so tough. And again, as we've talked about before, check out your astrology chart 
chart and see, you know, what is the house that you have Aries on the cusp of? Because this is where you're getting this Aries action, <laughs> and this is where the retrograde is happening. And each of your houses of the astrology wheel represents a field of experience. So this is going to be where those energies planetarily are playing out. I don't know why it's been so darn tough for people. I think that, you know, in Aries, I think it brings in just a general frustration when things are not happening the way you want them to happen. And in, you know, any Mercury retrograde, it's always like slow down and be willing to like, if you have to redo something, redo it. If you have to rethink something, rethink it. And that's not, Aries has, no, no, not happening. Right, exactly. I'm moving on, (laughs) right? So I think it's really forcing people to kind of like really get in touch with not pushing the river, Mm-hmm. You know, so, but yes, I have been hearing from a lot of people that, you know, what the heck is going on? And this retrograde feels the word I've been hearing is tough, mm-hmm. which is an interesting mm-hmm. word. Well, and I think, right, I mean, you really brought up and conveyed, I think, a lot of what the issue is, too, right? Like, Aries is like, do now, okay, on to the next thing. It, you know, Mercury retrograde is go slow, look back. Redo, mm-hmm. reassess, retrace your path. Aries is like, what? I'm onto new terrain already. Right, you right. Know, so it's having to sort of that work those two, those two what seems contrary sort of directions, if mm-hmm. we can say. Mm-hmm. And also, right, Aries. If frustrated, you know, there's that flame, there's that impatience or that anger. And I actually do think that this is Mercury in Aries is a really good time, right? Mercury retrograde, getting a new understanding of how I might deal with frustrated will. Ooh, that's good. (laughs) No, that's good. And because, you know, what I'm thinking about, too, is like, you know, even like driving here today, you know, it's like crazy and people were, you know, their anger was just like popping. You know what I mean? If things weren't happening how they wanted them to, and oh my gosh, you turned in front of me. So yes, frustrated will. Yeah. And what do you do? Like what's your brand of, fr- like what makes you frustrated? What frustrates your will? What are your instinctive, very Aries reactions? And how's that working? Right. You know, right. and then that's where also gets frustrating when you come up against yourself and it's like, okay, maybe there's, what can I learn there, right? How do I maybe mm-hmm. want to re- um, you know, put that in the fire and melt that, mm-hmm. you know, so that it can be recast. Right. Temper it. Temper it. Put it in the flame and and temper it. And I think, again, this is why we love studying astrology and talking to you all about it. It's because the more you know about what's happening with the planets, they affect the gravitational pull and the energy of the earth. You can begin to kind of work with it. So if we're all mindful that there's kind of this energy right now of, uh, frustration, then we can kind of like go, okay, I'm not going to let this get to me. I'm just going to like work with it. Yeah. I'm not going to let that just like instinctively incite me or react, enrage me react. or inflame me or react. Yes. So I know you and I have talked before too, how Mercury retrograde, right? It's more of this turning Mercury inward, mm-hmm. right? Time right, for prayer, right. meditation, yes. journaling, reflection, and dreams. And I just want to quickly share, you know, I'm doing this dreams class right yes, now. Yes, yes. And the, one of the assignment of last week was in terms of looking at your dreams through the lens 
of Mercury retrograde. Mm. And it's amazing to see how Mercury retrograde, you know, sort of, because Mercury also being the psychopomp who would go from the upper worlds to the lower worlds was the carrier of dreams. So I share this just to also say, I mean, I think dreams are always incredible to look at, but these next two weeks, these first two weeks of of April, really see where in your dreams, you know, are you turning around in your dreams? Are people from your past mm. showing up in your dreams? Do you feel the need to go back over and see what your dreams can inform you as to what some of the lessons of this Mercury retrograde are for you? I think that's really powerful. And Stephanie, did you just say the word psychopomp? I did psychopomp. Psychopomp. I love that word. You have to, now you have to tell everybody what that means. Yeah, so the psychopomp <laughs> is the one who can travel, right? Mercury, there was some god of the underworld and there was gods that lived above the world. Mercury was the only one of this pantheon that could go from the above world travel down to the underworld, wow. come back up with those messages, go back. So he was the bridge because Mercury is the bridge and the bridge builder right. between both worlds. So, And so if we take that also too in terms of the conscious, the yes. upper world into the, uncon- the underworld, the unconscious, again, how Mercury can help us to make a bridge between the two. I think that's, that's something people don't often associate with Mercury. So that's really cool. So speaking of yeah. <laughs> speaking of Mercury, so this Mercury retrograde lasts well, saying it a different way, Mercury moves out of retrograde. It turns direct on the fifteenth. Yes. Which also it's a Sunday, I believe. Yes. And it is also the day of the Aries New Moon. Moon. The Aries yes. New Moon that this year is quite um oh, let's use the word we used earlier before, restless, yes. because it is um, connected to Uranus. Yes. So what are you making of, right? So stationing Mercury, strong, strong Mercury mm-hmm. influence, the Mercury archetype so strong around that time, and this new moon in Aries connected to Uranus. What are your thoughts uh, I, about that? I think the word would be explosive. Mm-hmm. You you know, it's kind of like we have that Aries energy and we've got, you know, Uranus, which is just like, let's break everything apart. Let's just like, you know, rebel against everything. And so we can be liberated to experience life in a bigger way. And then, you know, new moon, new beginnings, and then all in this fiery, fiery energy of Aries. What I would say to people, remember, we feel, uh, you know, the lunar energies, you know, at least a couple days before and after, I would say be, plan for some breakthroughs, plan for some breakthroughs at the same time. As we know, when we're breaking through things, we have to be kind of careful. Yes, quite careful. <laughs> and there's another cosmic reminder we're going to talk about, too, about how to be careful or why to be careful because the Saturn station is around the same time. But before we jump to that, right? It exa- like breakthroughs and like don't be surprised by surprises and don't be right. surprised to surprise <laughs> yourself and that maybe some of this new beginnings that element one of the elemental ingredients of it is to break things apart is to change the pattern is the allowance of that um sort of what might feel chaotic because things are stirring but something new you're giving yourself permission yes. for the freedom for something new and sort of out of the blue but that wants to be given birth to arise yes 
But I would say both with all that Aries and that Uranus and that strong Mercury, right? Like we might feel a little bit overwhelmed in our circuitry. Yes. Good point. Good point. And what do we do when we're overwhelmed, right? Especially that Uranus energy can be so overwhelming. And one of the things that I have found to be very helpful is, and it sounds simple, but is taking like an Epsom salt bath you know, yeah. or soaking your feet, you know, or using essential oils, right? Anything that's going to help you move energy through your body, get energy work, you know what I mean? Run your energy, yeah. you know, all of that kind of stuff. Because you're right, I think it is going to be a little bit overwhelming, you know, breakthrough, through a breakdown, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. And also you mentioned surprises. And I think some of this could be completely unexpected. So you could map the whole thing out <laughs> about what you think is going to happen. <laughs> and lo and behold, bam, there's Uranus, right? So stay bouncy. <laughs> That's your Our favorite hashtag bouncy, <laughs> right? Bouncy. Which is a way, another way of saying mm -hmm. fluid. Yeah, you know stay, what I mean? Right. Keep your knees bent. Be yeah. ready to pivot. <laughs> You know, all of that. And I'm totally in agreement, right? Just and move your energy. Don't yes. let all of that sort of chaotic electrical energy stay in your body and stay in your mind. Like, right. write, walk, move, take a salt bath. Just move your circuitry. Yes. That is yes. really helpful. Yes. But the thing is, right, we have this strong breakthrough and sort of innovation, right? Uranus. Yes, and, yes. But yet we are also have the Saturn station because Saturn turns retrograde on the 17th. So right. there, that's also happening at the same time. And again, it's that same energy as we talked about in the beginning of the month, all of that Aries, like now do, but, and new and start and fresh and Saturn slow. Yes. So, you know, it does seem on the one hand breakthrough, but do it really thoughtfully or else right. you might hit your head against a wall. Right, right. You know, how do you honor a sense of, you know, maybe again, I'm sort of just playing with this right now, like that that the breakthrough, the reformatting, this change, this allowance for freedom is also part of a bigger sustainable picture for yourself, right? right? In terms right. of something that is in alignment with your integrity, right? So right. it's Right. But it, but again, it, it's that it's that same sort of wait. There's this and there's that, and how are the two of them going to come together? Because they seem so disparate on some level. Right. It is even as you're talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can so relate to what you're saying. <laughs> just in my <laughs> life, about just I really feel like this is a time of kind of like sloughing off some old sloughing off old energy to kind of really get to this more essential, somewhat Saturnine, kind of what's really, really important. And I think for me, one of the ways of working with Saturn energy, especially with it going retrograde, is mindfulness. You know, I think just to kind of like, and that requires us to be very present in every moment and to be very mindful. And I think that's a really great intention to kind of hold this whole month with so much stuff going on is how can I stay present? How can I be in this moment and not, you know, like jump off into the future and just really be mindful? Because it's like beginner's mind. You yeah. know what I mean? If we've got this new moon and new energy and Aries, it's like having that beginner's mind of like, let's take it. We'll learn as we go. We don't have to know everything. We can be in that powerful beginner's mind. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That feels really elemental. Yes. Really elemental. And thinking too, right, like the Uranus and the Saturn, like 
limits Saturn mm-hmm. and freedom Uranus, <laughs> right? And maybe like how can we build a structure, Saturn, that allows our life to be a vessel for more individuality or freedom or breakthrough or innovation, right? So maybe that's another way to sort yes, of yes. move those together where limits or shape doesn't have to be antithetical to freedom, mm. but can you're like no, I like that antithetical, <laughs> but can how they can partner together, and it feels like that's really strong in our minds around the time of the fifteenth to seventeenth days before days after. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So um, I feel like this is something that probably both of us in, on Instagram and, in, you know, in the other writing yes. work that we do are yes. probably going to be, like, talking a lot about yes. around that time when it gets closer. Yes, so. make, make love, not war. Yes, I exactly. think that's <laughs> Yes. And on that note, talking about love, love. then on April 19th, right, right. we... Um, Go, we go, the sun goes into Taurus. Yes. And Taurus season arrives. I loved what you said to me before about how, um, can I introduce this? Yeah, absolutely. You, go, this is what go. you said about how April is the month where the totems of the signs, the ram for Aries, the bull for Taurus, both being two uh, hoofed and horned animals. Right, right. Do you want to say something more about what that? When I was thinking about that, I thought it was really, really powerful, and I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. But to me, it's like it's this, it's this, it's primal. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think when you have Taurus, which is the first Earth sign, and you have Aries, which is the first Fire sign, you know, to me, there's a reason why they're portrayed as these animals, <laughs> these hoofed creatures with horns, right? To me, it's this very primal kind of energy. Now, the difference between Aries and that Fire, which is that you know, pushing and conquering that Taurus the bull is going to be such a welcome, you know, welcome Taurus. Because I always think about with Taurus, I think about the story of Ferdinand the bull, that children's story about Ferdinand the bull, and he was under the cork tree, and the matador came out and said, you know, Ferdinand, you have to come into the arena. It's time for our our fight, right? And Ferdinand said, no, mm-mm, I'm not going to go in the arena and fight you. I'm just going to sit under the cork uh, under the cork tree and smell the flowers. And so to me, that's that very Taurus energy of, you know, I'm not going to do that Aries thing. I'm not going into the arena. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to smell the roses. I'm going to enjoy every moment. And Taurus is such a sensual sign. And that's what I liked about, you know, those Venus and Taurus, uh, you know, yeah, uh, Venus and Mars in Taurus and Aries. It's just that very sensual grounded kind of energy. Tactile. You mean Mars and Capricorn? Yes, Mars and Capricorn. Yes. Yeah. 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 So then when the sun goes, I love that story about Ferdinand. No, I'm just going to stay here. I'm yeah. going to smell yeah, the roses. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to eat some chocolates. Today. I'm going like, to Think about fabric. it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so when the sun goes into Taurus on the 19th, and then we also still have Venus in Taurus the 24th. Mm-hmm. So those five days feel like luscious they do like <laughs> yummy yummy yeah we all might be eating a lot of chocolate during that time and, right and doing other things right i'm Could, winking like wink wink right <laughs> <laughs> those wink wink things <laughs> those winky winky things but also you know i know you stephanie are planning a garden you know what i mean which to me is so great to be doing during the taurus season right to me that's another sensual earthy experience of putting those seeds in the ground getting your hands dirty working with those different you know uh 
elements and all of that. Yeah. Right. That sense of connection to nature, to yes. earth, to form, to shape. You know, Aries being like, I initiate, Taurus being, I sense. Yes. Right. It's, it's yes. this orientation through our senses and know, right? It's that, f- that first sense of, from a zodiacal perspective, of embodiment. Right. right. And what does it mean to be in a container with the living in a body? Right. right. And right. to experience that, you know, Taurus also, unlike Aries, that's very like quick move now, now, yesterday, now. Taurus is like Ferdinand, very slow and languishing. Right. Right. And really what also comes um, up to the forefront in Taurus times is the importance of rhythm. Ooh, yes. Right? Like this like yes. having a counted upon rhythm, which is why people who have strong Taurus, right, they're not necessarily, at least that part of them, quick to change because right. that's a changing right. up the rhythm and change, you know, makes them sort of feel like um you know, security also being very important to Taurus, yes. like in change, could sort of seem to sort of throw that, right? But to sort of think about where during Taurus time, it's a really nice time to reflect on what are my rhythms? What are my rituals? What are my habits? What gives me security? And also, where may I be stuck mm. in habits, in rituals, in routines that don't have me grow, don't have me feel, you know, a sense of expansion, Right. And also to give yourself permission, everybody has a different rhythm. Right. And so maybe, you know, it's like really finding out what are my rhythms. And, you know, we live in this crazy, crazy world where we're all expected to like, you know, uh, you know, dance to the rhythm of everything that's going on out there. And it just doesn't work for everybody. And so maybe it's just like going, what, you know, what is my rhythm? What what is going to work for me? Ooh, you know what you're saying? That makes me think is right. That claim of freedom (laughs) and the my own individual rhythm. Mm. Uranus moving into Taurus. <laughs> we have to explain this to everyone, but it that is okay. You go. No, explain. you go. You go. No, you go. So here we are talking about rhythms, and one of the big things that's happening next month, right? But remember, we feel energies before they get here. Is Uranus, which has been in Aries for how long? Oh, Seven-ish years. So, Seven-ish right years. To, yeah which is a long time, is moving into Taurus, right? And so the whole rhythm, the vibration, because I think Uranus has so much to do with how we vibrate, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to go from that Aries vibration, which is that rebellious conquering, to the Taurus rhythm, right? So maybe things will kind of ground and slow down a little bit. Well... Possibly. <laughs> I mean, it is Uranus Wait, after never all. Mind. No, no. But I think, too, like that as what, right, that change in rhythm, but also that sense when you're saying, like, everybody has their own rhythm and own your own rhythm. Um, right. You know, and Uranus being also that claim of the individual. Yes. In Taurus, it could also be that sense of, like, no, this is how I define what rhythm is, right? My individual rhythm. My individual rhythm, right? Yes. My individual security, my individual how I like to feed and feel nourished by my senses, my individual connection to the to the earth, to things of beauty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So 
It's wow. Like that, that, like how Uranus, because we know we wanted to talk about Uranus and Taurus, and it's just like in Uranus pure fashion, it's like, no, I'm not going to be scheduled. I'm just going to come in when <laughs> I want. Not waiting until the end. <laughs> <Right>, exactly. <laughs> I'm a, no. Expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Uranus one. Yeah, yeah, with Uranus. Yeah. So um, that's a little bit right. So we move into this sort of Taurus slower pace. Um and then another sort of really strong thing to mark on the calendar, or that's marked on the calendar, is on the 22nd of April, we have yet another planetary station. So this mm-hmm. would be three in the month, right? We right. had the right. Mercury station on the 15th. We had the Saturn station retrograde on the 17th. And then on the 22nd, the big, um, big, I don't want to say like, oh, it never happens. This happens twice a year, right? We have a Pluto station. This is Pluto stationing to turn retrograde. So again, when a planet stations and it seems to be slowing down in its path, the archetypes feel very, mm-hmm. very loud and alive in the kaidos, in the zeitgeist, mm-hmm. in the collective conscious and unconscious. So around the 22nd, we have strong Pluto. So to, what are some well, ways you think Pluto, Pluto would be? in Capricorn, right? Yes, okay. exactly. So what would be, you know, the, the archetype? You know, of Pluto in Capricorn. And you know what's really interesting in the Tro is um, Capricorn rules the devil card, right? And it's always sometimes people are like, what does Capricorn have to do with the devil, right? But Capricorn, you know, Capricorn at one point was, you know, associated with Pan and the lusty goat. And, you know, it has a lot to do with um, some of, again, that primal energy, Sometimes our sexual energy, earth signs, Capricorn is a very sexual sign, our kundalini. And so when I talk about the devil, what I'm talking about is maybe Pluto and Capricorn, power, control. Uh, To me, that's very much devil kind of energy because to me, the devil is what really takes away our power. You know, so that's what comes to my mind as an archetype in my tarot brain is the devil card. Yeah, that makes complete sense. It feels so resonant, right? And that strong sense of Pluto, like power. Who has it? Who doesn't? Do right. I have it? Do I not? Control. Right. Who has it? Who doesn't? Power struggles. Watching power out for power struggles. struggles. Am I turning over my power to someone else or something? Or something else, some yeah. structure. Right. Right. And maybe that also would be interesting to see. I mean, there's so much going on, at least in the United States, actually, and also <laughs> in a lot of other countries, um, in terms of the government and governmental and economic and right. business and right. financial market structure. Structures and Pluto is also being the planet of you know death and renewal and transformation. You know that which is back to the schluffing, like what <laughs> gets exfoliated, what gets torn down because right, it's reached right. its expiration date, right. so that there can be renewal. So you know what may unearth will come from underneath that we didn't see those sort of surprises or maybe sort of secrets being revealed related to the structures. Right. And Capricorn rules, um, structures and things like uh, established like corporations and government and monetary systems. It's the system. It's the man. It's the system. Right. It's the man. Right? It's, it's the, the old guard. It's the patriarchy, right? So if we've got Pluto in there, it's going to be really, we're already seeing this, you know, where the structures really are being shook up. Yeah. 
you know, and that expiration date is really starting to kind of show itself. And then Pluto, how are we going to transform this? How are we going to transform these structures? Yeah, I think about Pluto in Capricorn, also this sort of sense of like facade, like it's not enough to like clean up the facade, like everyone knows it's a facade, right? right? And those are like crumbling. It's not real. It's not real, or like there's no clothes on the emperor, or that sort of thing. <laughs> right, same. yes. But just to watch, I mean, obviously just watch around in the news time, like what is showing up on the world stage? How are these archetypes reflecting themselves out in the world stage, in the collective, but also for us personally? Like it may be a time where you really want to burrow deep into mm. your feelings, into your unconscious mm-hmm. motivations, into sort of the that your shot, you know. It's a good time for shadow yes, work. Yes, right, right. Being really open, really being honest, like seeing, you know, what secrets may want to be or things that are hidden mm. or have been covered up want to be or, you know, really fighting to be or evolving to be uncovered. Right. And again, it's one thing if you're in control of the uncovering, <laughs> but somebody else may do the uncovering. And then again, there comes that, like, I'm not in control. I have no power. And just, and how does yeah. that make you feel? I mean, invariably... We don't really have control anyway. We have right. choice. We have choice. Right. But control is that illusion. Control you know what I mean? And, you know, as you're talking about this, you know, because Pluto rules Scorpio. And I don't want to jump ahead. But we also have, speaking of Scorpio. Jump ahead. Jump ahead. We have the full moon in Scorpio, which is is it conjunct uh, Jupiter this month? Or because Jupiter's also in Scorpio. No? It is. That's a very good question. It is on April 29th. Yes. And it is at, I can't even see this. It's something like 12 degrees, 13 degrees. We'll have to get back to you. We'll have to get back but to you But Jupiter's that. somewhere near there. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so. And so, you know, here you are talking about, the, you know, the shadow and uncovering secrets and diving in deep, right? What's so lovely about that full moon is that, um, in Scorpio, you, you've got that, and full moons can be really intense, right? It's a very heightened energy, and having Jupiter come in there, right? And Stephanie's shaking her head, no? Well, I mean, Jupiter, yes, because Jupiter is in Scorpio. Right. The full moon, I was just looking, is at 10 degrees, and Jupiter's somewhere around, like, 19 at that time. So, okay, I mean, it's a wide, wide orb. But yeah. it's still, it's Scorpio. I mean, right, we feel right. so much Scorpio right. now that Jupiter is there. Right, right. And Jupiter just lightens it a little bit. Yeah. And I think it also brings in that opportunity for that kind of expansion, because I think... I don't know about you, but when it's a full moon in Scorpio, I think this is the time where the hospitals really put on the extra staff and the police force. You really kind of, you know, add people on because Scorpio is so intense. And then you have that intense lunar vibration of the full moon. And it's really easy to kind of get really you know, dug in there. So I think that Jupiter's nice. And think about Jupiter too is a lot of times it can relate to knowledge, Mm -hmm. especially in Scorpio. And so maybe it's a time of like really asking that question about what can I learn from this? You know, how can this turn into something that's a piece of wisdom for me? Yeah. And I think too, right, with full moons, a full moon is the time when the sun and the moon are in opposite signs, right? Mm-hmm. They're in opposite signs of that axis of signs. And we say they're opposite, but yet I also like to look at them as the two sides of a coin, right? Right. right. So let's talk a little bit about 
the marriage? Like, what is, like, where does Taurus and Scorpio connect? Like, what is mm-hmm. the coin of which they are two sides of? Mm-hmm. Right? Because if not, we may say, like, oh, Taurus is really, it's really grounded and it's really practical and it's really surface. Right? Right. right. And Scorpio is, like, <clears throat> digging down and it's any, and it's emotional and passionate and it, you know, but where, let's talk about how they can yeah. be combined. Yeah, because, you know, I think the marriage, like, it's like the alchemical marriage, right, of the sun and the moon. And, you know, astrology is really based on those polarities, you know, and the polarities is the opposition, the opposite signs of the zodiac. I think so much about Taurus is really digging into what we value. And I think with Taurus, it's really about, you know, valuing, um, uh, this may sound funny, but I feel like it's really valuing, feeling secure and enjoying life to some degree. Mm -hmm. And then with Scorpio, I feel like it's really about valuing spirit Mm. or God. It's like, it's kind of like it's those transcendent experiences. Like I have Pluto in my second house, the house of Taurus, right? And in evolutionary astrology, wherever you see Pluto, you always look at the soul evolution is in the opposite house. So with Pluto in my second house, the house of money and value and self-worth, I can get very stuck in not having enough money and not valuing myself and worrying about just like the day-to-day material things, right? But the evolution of that Pluto in the second house is going into the eighth house, which is Scorpio, right? So the alchemical marriage with Scorpio, and it's learning to like surrender and turn over your power and value something greater than yourself. Mm. So maybe it's that kind of, you know, balance between really enjoying this lovely tactile earth that we live on and also not getting, you know, overly attached to it and knowing when to surrender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'd add one thing I would add to that too, right, is I do, you brought up the garden. Like I think oftentimes <laughs> of like Taurus and Scorpio, right? Because Taurus is like, we're growing and we're planting and things of nature, but the importance of the soil and below the soil yes, and the invis- yes. and like what's buried and the richness below or the compost, right? Which right, is like, right. which is so Scorpio, yes, but yes. how it's so nurturance for new life. Yes. And then the other thing with Taurus and Scorpio is they're both, you know, Taurus from that like sensual perspective mm-hmm. and Scorpio from that steamy, sexual. sultry, yeah. sultry perspective. Like it's a real sensual, sexy, sultry time as you're like getting hot in here (laughs) but so um wow we could just keep on we could talk about this forever lots of time but maybe we should talk about um you want to talk we want to talk about the wellness wellness suggestion but let's first talk about you want to talk about the tarot card i do because you know it's because it's so related it's so so relatable and it's sitting right here and i'm looking at it every time we're talking about these different things i'm like it's this card. It's this card. So what we do for the So Divine podcast is we choose a tarot card at random, right? Right before we go on air, right? So the card that, <clears throat> excuse me, we chose today was the tower card, right? Amazing. And the tower card is so perfect for this because the tower represents um, where the structures of our life, we begin to dismantle them right? But the way the tower works is it's oftentimes you're not dismantling them. They're being dismantled for you. Like one of the ways I describe the tower card is like you have this building, right? And the universe goes in and says, wait a minute, I'm just going to pull the foundation out from under the building because your foundation is not solid. 
and the whole building collapses. And so it's this whole thing about structures and dismantling structures and structures that are limiting to us because ultimately what the tower card is about is transformation because it's the from the ashes rises the phoenix and the tower is actually ruled by mars but it's like mars in its you know its old destructive kind of sense old school destructive sense so i love the tower card right and a lot of times when people see the tower they kind of like go oh no it's kind of like when they see the death card or the devil but the tower card especially right now if we can work with that energy and let the things in our life slough off or be or, or even if they're the taking <laughs> word for the month. Even if they're like seemingly taken away from us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or things around us are falling apart or destroyed. To go with that. To be realize that that is the universe's way of saying those those don't belong here anymore. And you're trapped inside of them, right? And we're seeing this with so many of the institutions and and the structures that we valued and relied upon for eons. They're all crumbling away. And so our first tendency is <clears throat> let's rebuild those towers. Let's take those bricks and let's piece this back together. But with the tower card, what they say is let it crumble. Let it crumble. Do not put those pieces back together. It's like a rotting tooth. You need to extract it, right? And then with time, uh, then you can start to see how you want to rebuild a new tower, not the old tower. So oh isn't God. that perfect? It's perfect. I mean, it threads so much through the month, you know, in terms yes, of yes. the, um, you know, on the 10th of April, there's the sun squaring Pluto, right. that yes. Saturn station, the Pluto station, yes. the Scorpio full moon. I mean, what a strong element that weaves itself through the month. Right, the right. Tower. So work with the tower. Work you know, don't tower. let it intimidate you. You know, be willing to let things go. I love that. Yeah. And I think the more you work with it, the more graceful, you know, that dismantling or that destruction can become. Yeah. So do you, what's your wellness tip for us? Well, we did talk right a bit about wellness suggestions when we talked about the new moon, but I was thinking the flower essence that really came strongly to my mind was the flower and the flower, excuse me, the flower essence that really came strong to my mind was gentian, which is a black flower. And gentian is really good when you run into an obstacle, Mm. right? When you feel a sense of frustration, almost when you come to what seems like sort of a wall, um, and it's about not stopping. I mean, yes, reformulating and recalibrating, but having the perseverance Mm. and the endurance to move forward. That's so Saturn and Mars, right? So Saturn yes. and Mars, and even thinking too, I don't know why. I mean, it doesn't seem like on the surface really Plutonian, but again, like if things get, there's that word, sloughed <laughs> again, right? Or all of this sort of this tower energy that might happen, right? That may seem like, you know, from the just like, wow, that's really intense, this transformation to what might seem, oh, is this insurmountable? Like that gentian can again give you that sense of endurance and perseverance to be composed, 
to move forward. Right. Get To get through it. Yeah. You know, to get through it. That's really good. That's great. So finally, we wanted to leave you right with a intention, intention for, for the month. month. And, you know, I think we, you know, we talked a little bit about being mindful. You know what I mean? And I think with all this change and all this potential for change this month and the potential to be overwhelmed, what if we just said, let's just be very intentional about being very present and being very mindful. And so we can experience everything fully. And by being present to experience everything fully, that is what I think that's what it's all about, actually, <laughs> right? So I, I'm going to work on that because I think some buttons could get pushed this month is just staying mindful and staying present. Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. So that is another episode so, uh, of so, so Divine. Divine. We hope that this has given you a blueprint and a map to be able to navigate this month with more awareness and consciousness. Um, and Again, stay in touch with us. Um, you can find me at stephaniegaling.com or at Instagram at stephanie underscore galing. And Megan, um, where you can, are you? I'm here. I'm at <laughs> meganskinner.com. And I'm on Instagram at meganseas, S-E-E-S. And we also have a So Divine email, which is so divineventures at gmail.com. So we would love to hear yes. your thoughts. Like, you know, what, you know, also what you experienced during the month and how this might have help to inspire you or things that you want us to talk about you know in in further episodes so please like send us a note we love to hear from you and also you can um if you really love this podcast we would really love it if you can rate it and or review it on itunes and share it with the people that you know that you also know would enjoy this and get a lot from it whether personally on your social media networks wherever so we would love um for you to help us share this again with people that you think it will inform and inspire yes yes well thank you stephanie this was so much happy april happy april thank you everybody out there have a wonderful month